0: Welcome to the Jam Pack Report, today for May the 14th of 2023. My name is Samuel Adams, and if you're watching this on the day it goes up, I just want to say thank you, because right now we have the Diablo server slam and Tears of the Kingdom both dropping this weekend, and we've also had some pretty big releases over the course of the past couple of weeks. So if you're making time for a podcast, I appreciate it very, very much. But we are going to be talking about Tears of the Kingdom on today's show, because the game is getting tens across the board, and it's officially the top-rated game ever on OpenCritic. That's certainly something worth celebrating. But we're not only talking about Nintendo's successes today, we're talking about their potential success in the future, with a new console reportedly on the way. We also have rumors that Modern Warfare 3 is this year's Call of Duty, a big anniversary coming out of the PlayStation camp, and so much more. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into it. Starting off today's show, Tears of the Kingdom is absolutely killing it in the reviews across the board. We're talking fives and tens out of tens, but the reviews are so good, it is now the highest rated game ever on OpenCritic. Andy Robinson of VGC writes, shortly after the embargo lifted, review aggregation site OpenCritic confirmed the game is currently the highest-rated game of all time on its platform, with an aggregate score of 97.223. According to the platform, it's also ahead by a significant margin, with Super Mario Odyssey in second place, with a 96.81 and its predecessor, Breath of the Wild, in third at a 95.9. This is just one aggregate site, so if you go to Metacritic, this is not going to carry over. But the top five games of all time, according to OpenCritic, as far as critic reviews go, are number five Elden Ring, number four Red Dead Redemption 2, number three Breath of the Wild, number two Super Mario Odyssey, and number one Tears of the Kingdom. What's worth noting here is the top three games of all time as far as critic reviews go on OpenCritic are all three Nintendo games, and that speaks to the quality and consistency of what Nintendo puts out. Now, I will say the most recent Pokemon games kind of a dumpster fire still sold like hotcakes, but not the quality that Nintendo is typically known for. These three games, Breath of the Wild, Odyssey, and Tears of the Kingdom, are all speaking to that Nintendo delivery that we all know and love. And that's why Nintendo continues to kill it. They're not squabbling over console wars, whose plastic box is better. They're not lobbying the CMA or anything like that. They're focused on delivering good games and they're not trying to compete graphically. They're not trying to compete with performance. We're talking about a game that just dropped on hardware that came out when I was in college. I am now on my third job since I graduated. Do you know how long it's been since the Switch came out? That's a long time. And it's still killing it. It's still outdoing everything on the market right now, coming out in 2023. That, my friends, is some impressive stuff. Now, what makes the reviews for Tears of the Kingdom even more impressive are that we've had such a bad run in 2023 so far, especially as somebody who is unashamedly a big Xbox guy. I play all of my big games on Xbox Seeing Tears of the Kingdom come out and get a 10, I'm looking like the Squidward meme out of the window at everybody having fun on a Switch. Now, of course, I also have a Switch. I have not picked up Tears of the Kingdom yet because my backlog is about three miles deep, but having things like Redfall come out and you're sitting in a 54 on Metacritic as far as the review ratings go It just shows how far Microsoft has to come before they can compete with Sony PlayStation, with the Nintendo Switch, uh, or whatever next thing Nintendo is coming out with, which we'll talk about here more in a moment. But reading from some of the other reviews, GameSpot gives it a 10 out of 10, with Tears of the Kingdom as a canvas for your own creativity, a book to write your own stories, a world to create your own legends. IGN gives the game a 10, saying Tears of the Kingdom is an unfathomable follow-up to one of the greatest games ever made. And finally, Nintendo Life says... It's a glorious, triumphant sequel to one of the best video games of all time. Absolute unfiltered bliss to lose yourself in for hundreds of hours, and they give the game a 10 out of 10. Now, I'll say I have not gone hands-on with the game, and I do not plan on picking it up right now because my backlog is so deep that I need to work through some of these games. But what I have been doing is going back and playing on the Switch Lite Breath of the Wild, because I had that at hand. I never finished Breath of the Wild. So Tears of the Kingdom has encouraged me to go back, pick that back up, start a fresh playthrough and see if it sticks with me this time. And I got to say, I'm really enjoying diving in. I've probably played about three or four hours over the past couple of days, uh, and I'm going to finish Breath of the Wild. So once I do that, Then I'll dive into Tears of the Kingdom. But I have seen some people being overly critical of Tears of the Kingdom, saying, does Nintendo get a free pass? Because the game is not performing at 60 frames per second. Graphically, it is certainly not the most impressive thing I've ever seen. And this is coming at a time where we see the graphics getting pushed further than they ever have before. Star Wars Jedi Survivor is a fantastic example. I have a hard time thinking of a game... In recent years, that has been as beautiful as Star Wars Jedi Survivor. The landscapes look phenomenal. The textures are beautiful. I love that game. And so comparing Tears of the Kingdom to something like Jedi Survivor, that's a recent example of a game released in 2023 that looks gorgeous. You aren't going to have that same one-to-one because Tears of the Kingdom is not going to look as graphically impressive. What I think still warrants a 9 or a 10 for what I have seen so far from Tears of the Kingdom of the gameplay that I've watched is that the game is absolutely massive and it runs on the base day one Nintendo Switch and it runs fairly well. Now, is it going to be a steady 30 frames per second? Most of the time, sometimes you'll experience some dips, but the graphical achievement of having that game run on the Nintendo Switch and being as large as it is, is something to celebrate alone. On top of that, no matter what frames per second your game is running at or what kind of hardware it's running on, you can't deny that Nintendo knows good game design. I mean, even in playing Breath of the Wild right now, for example, the puzzles that I'm seeing, the world, the combat, there is a lot to love here. And it's a beautiful example of simplicity in action where it doesn't have to be something that has a complex menu system. There's no skill tree. It just makes sense and that is good game design so tears of the kingdom is building upon breath of the wild in every way you see new abilities you see this creation engine that they've got uh, that is certainly breaking new boundaries from what we've seen from nintendo so far all of those elements together i think you take bias out of it completely like for example the 10 from nintendo life even if you take out the fact that it's nintendo life and you put in some other reviewer you're probably going to get a winner every single time, no matter who is looking at it. I have seen a couple of bad reviews here and there, 6 out of 10 from some outlet that I can't remember I saw scrolling through my Twitter, but that's okay. Everybody has their different opinions on the game, and the beauty of it is there are so many games that are coming out in 2023. If you don't like Tears of the Kingdom, you don't have to play it. But I will say, a lot of people are enjoying it, and I will definitely play it at some point in the future, Just right now, the backlog is way too thick. So we're putting this one off, but a lot of people are diving in. And let me know down below, have you checked out Tears of the Kingdom? Do you want to? And on top of that, if you have, what do you think of the game? Now, we just talked about how performance doesn't dictate what's a good game or a bad game, but it definitely plays a factor. And so when you look at the Nintendo Switch, I think we can all agree that it's absolutely time for an upgrade to at least better compete in some capacity graphically with the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. And so Nintendo seems to know that as well, and a report suggests that the next console from Nintendo is reportedly progressing well. This is reported on by Tom Ivan, who writes, That's according to a Nikkei Asia source, who the publication claims is close to the platform holder. Development seems to be progressing well, but a product launch won't happen before next spring at the earliest. Nintendo also reported a slowdown in Switch hardware sales and suggested no new hardware will launch before April of 2024. The company said it sold 17.97 million Switch consoles during the fiscal year ending in March, taking lifetime sales to 125.62 million. Number one, the Switch is continuing to sell very well, but it is on the decline, and this is coming six years into its life cycle. Kind of to be expected. Because at one point, you hit an inflection point where you are getting the maximum number of people that are going to be purchasing a Nintendo Switch at any given time. And from there, you'll continue to have residual sales as people upgrade to the OLED, as people might buy a Switch Lite for their family or their friends, or they might just pick up another one to keep in another room in the house. Whatever it might be, you have these residual sales, but you got to get new hardware out the door to keep those people coming back, to keep aged players like myself that have the Switch Lite but that it would be willing to upgrade to something else to get these better first-party experiences. And so this makes sense. This timeline seems to line up for me. Of course, the Nintendo Switch itself did release in the spring timeframe. I don't think that spring of 2024 is going to be the time you see a Nintendo Switch follow-up. I think that what you might be seeing is maybe a fall or a winter release, or potentially even more likely, a spring 2025 release. Because I feel like the March release for the Nintendo Switch felt like it fit really well. Uh, I guess it also depends on the economic landscape that the world is dealing with whenever they do get to the point where they're ready to release. But a couple of wish list items for me. Number one, of course, more power. Give it something that's almost the equivalent of the Xbox Series X or the PlayStation 5 to be able to really put out something that's graphically impressive do i think it's going to be as good as the rog ally the new handheld gaming pc that's coming out probably not but i think it's something that's probably going to be comparable to that It would be awesome to see something that is on that level, but it's got to come in at a more affordable price tag. I think that the $299 to $399 is something that's really welcoming for a lot of consumers. That's kind of the expectation uh, when they go today. I think it could be $500, uh, but that ultimately depends on the power that it's bringing. Also, you really have to make sure this thing is ready to be backwards compatible with the Switch, because this console generation has been a game changer. People bought Switches left and right, and they have invested a lot of time and money into building that digital library, but on top of that, a physical library of Switch games. And to do what happened with the Wii U and kind of leave a lot of games abandoned on the platform, that is not the way to go. That is a very bad decision. And I don't think that they would be willing to do that and cut people off completely. The cartridge system, that's going to be a bit tricky. Maybe digital games carry over, physical games may not. I would love to see how they handle this, uh, but we've got to have something that pushes the limit as far as graphics go. But also I think that backwards compatibility really needs to play a factor. Those two things are really my only wishlist items, because I trust Nintendo to make good hardware. Like I said earlier, I've been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild on my Switch Lite over the past couple of days, and I never spent a ton of time with the Switch in general. I mean, probably a couple of days of playtime in total across the Switches that I've owned, but I've got to say, it's fun. That's what matters. The performance, eh, whatever. The comfort of the device itself, yeah, my hands get a little tired after a while of holding a Switch light, just because it does feel kind of cramped, but the fun factor is there. And that's what matters the most. You've got to have a fun factor. And Nintendo are the masters of the fun factor. So I'm excited to see what this new console brings. Will I buy it on day one? Probably depends on the lineup that comes out when it launches. You know, Breath of the Wild was a massive seller. I'd be interested to see if potentially they do what they did with the Switch. And they have the last gen version of Breath of the Wild on the Wii U. And they put it out on the Nintendo Switch. Maybe we see Tears of the Kingdom. An updated, more graphically enhanced version dropping on day one for the switch successor so we'll see what time brings uh, or potentially even maybe a super mario galaxy 3 super mario odyssey 2 whatever they end up doing uh, certainly a good lineup coming no matter what happens so i'm going to be following this one with some very good interest next up from insider gaming they have an exclusive report that call of duty 2023 is going to be named modern warfare 3 now i want to be clear This is Modern Warfare 3, the follow-up to 2022's Modern Warfare 2. Not to be confused with Modern Warfare 3 from 2011, that was a follow-up to Modern Warfare 2 that launched back in 2009. Just again to reiterate i know that for new call of duty fans that probably is a little bit confusing but insider gaming sources have revealed that this year's call of duty title will be called modern warfare 3 the title is in development by sledgehammer games as reported on by jason schreier but it's understood to be supported by various other call of duty studios just like its predecessors It's been widely reported that Call of Duty 2023 was a premium DLC for Modern Warfare 2, and although that was the case at one time, this year's title is a fully fledged sequel to Modern Warfare 2. Modern Warfare 3 will still feature campaign, multiplayer zombies, and a new Warzone 2 map during the title's first season. Now, they've got more details down below. I'd encourage you to go check out Modern Warfare 3 reports from Insider Gaming directly. But the biggest thing that stands out to me here is a full zombies mode in Modern Warfare 3. That's exciting. Now, we've seen future zombies before, and I believe Advanced Warfare. Uh, We've seen the exosuit zombies as well that I believe were in Infinite Warfare, but I could have those mixed up. We have seen future or at least slightly past modern day zombies brought into the mix before, but we've never really seen anything that was a true modern day zombies experience. Black Ops 3 kind of had that kind of thing going forward, but nothing from the Modern Warfare 2 side of Call of Duty. That's exciting to me because I like that grounded reality. I like something that has that arcade combat, but that's not quite as futuristic, maybe a little bit fictional uh, as compared to the rooted reality of Modern Warfare. That's exciting to me, but We have more of the same. We know what Modern Warfare 3 is going to be. It's going to be a continuation of the story just like 2011's Modern Warfare 3 was going to be. Uh, So that all makes sense to me. I think I'm very excited about this, but I will not be buying this on day one because every single year... I get hyped up for Call of Duty and I go all in. I play it for like a month and then I'm done and I can watch the campaign online. I can check out somebody else, play it maybe on Twitch and see if it's something that I do want to dive into and maybe pick it up later on down the line once it drops down to 20 or 30 bucks. But I think that it might be a little bit too soon for Modern Warfare 3 for a lot of people because I don't know if it's just me. I'm really tired of this annualized Call of Duty release, and I know it keeps coming up year after year, but I feel like Modern Warfare 2 just came out. I mean, we're literally seven months into the life cycle of that game. Well, I guess it dropped in, I believe, October. So November, December, January, February, March, April, May. Yeah, so like seven months and some change into the life cycle of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. I would love to see maybe a two-year support for Modern Warfare 2 before the next game comes out. Because there's this compulsion to upgrade to the latest Call of Duty experience, the same way that Madden makes minimal changes every single year, but people still feel compelled to get those roster updates and get those slight graphical improvements that come with pretty much every year. So with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, it's definitely going to be more of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, but I think this year's Call of Duty is going to be more of the same than any other game that's come out so far, because we've had these reports that it was going to be a premium expansion. We've had these reports that it is going to be something that is just additive to the Modern Warfare 2 experience versus something that's entirely new. So I'll be interested to see how players receive this content, and on top of that, how much of it there actually is. Because if you're just flipping assets from specific sections of the campaign and bringing them into Warzone 2 and bringing them into the multiplayer side of things... I don't know how receptive people are going to be to that versus getting entirely new experiences. Uh, So this is certainly one to keep your eye on. I'm still a hardcore Call of Duty guy. I love the game. I love the franchise. Just this year, I'm going to wait and see. I'm not putting in those pre-orders. I'm not picking it up on day one. I want to see what the community has to say about this one. A new Mortal Kombat is on the way, and it's going to be one of the biggest releases of 2023. By the way, fantastic time to be a fighting game fan. You've got the new Tekken, a new Street Fighter, and a new Mortal Kombat all coming out potentially within 12 months of each other. That's going to be a crazy time. Evo is going to be popping if they choose to support these games right off the bat. But a new report from Windows Central says the next game is not Mortal Kombat 12. Instead, it is going to be Mortal Kombat 1 and is a reboot with a full reveal and launch date imminent. Jess Gordon writes, on May the 10th, 2023, Ed Boon, the co-creator of the long-running Mortal Kombat franchise and chief creative officer for NetherRealm Studios, uploaded a mysterious video on his Twitter account with the hashtag Mortal Kombat. He says, does anyone know what time it is? And as you can see, the video is ticking all the way up to midnight, which would be 12. But as soon as it hits 11, the hand ticks over to one. That does imply this is going to be a full reboot. Now, I made a short on this that people really enjoyed over on YouTube, as well as I put the video up on TikTok and Reels. And the first thing people called out is that in Mortal Kombat 11 Liu Kang resets the universe and basically does imply this is going to be a full reboot going forward with the next game. I think this is a great idea, because as somebody who looks at Mortal Kombat kind of from an outsider's perspective, uh, as somebody who just tunes in to check out the new fatalities and is not a fighting game guy, the idea of getting into the story of Mortal Kombat feels more, I guess, large. It feels more... uh, scary to get into a Mortal Kombat 12 versus diving in at a time whenever the entire franchise is getting rebooted. You see these iconic characters like Raiden, like Liu Kang, you see them all coming back, but there's this new story that's starting from scratch or potentially starting from a point that's earlier in the entire franchise. Maybe this is really a reset getting back to the establishment of Mortal Kombat as the tournament. Like That sounds like something that I would want to be invested in from a narrative point of view versus just coming back and Enjoying the fighting gameplay that Mortal Kombat brings, which is certainly a fine thing to do. Now, people love Mortal Kombat. The first thing I noticed when I put out that video is that there's a very hardcore group of people out there that love this game, that love this franchise, and that's why they continue putting them out. But on top of that, they're legitimately great looking games. I mean, even going back to the Xbox 360 games and going forward to the Xbox One all the way up to Mortal Kombat 11. Those are some beautiful fighting games, so I'm excited to see what Mortal Kombat brings. I know that you got to keep your expectations tempered, but I think NetherRealm is really going to be doing something special here, and if you were ever looking for an opportunity to get into Mortal Kombat without having to care about what's happened over the course of the past nearly 30 years, this is probably going to be the time to do it. So get hyped. Mortal Kombat absolutely going to be a part of Summer Game Fest without a doubt. Excited to see how good this one looks. And on top of that, where they take this story now that a full reboot seems to be the move going forward. To wrap up today's show, we've got two stories I want to dive into, the first of which comes from the PlayStation blog, where they write 20 years of Guerrilla, the story of a PlayStation studio. And I'm not going to read this full thing. I'm going to jump down to some impressive stats at the bottom, specifically as they pertain to Horizon as a franchise. But I just want to say Guerrilla is such an incredible studio. They are such an incredibly talented group of people because they are able to pivot from making what was supposed to be the Halo killer for Sony and PlayStation, to making what is now something fresh, something new, and something that is really re-establishing what PlayStation is for an entire generation of players. That's an impressive pivot to make, because so many studios get stuck making the same game over and over again. Guerrilla was encouraged to put kill on the shelf and to pick up something new with horizon and now aloy and a lot of other characters from horizon forbidden west horizon zero dawn they are the face of playstation and that's very impressive on top of that graphically horizon is some of the best gameplay we've seen it was a standout especially on the playstation 4 generation but now forbidden west and burning shores are really showcases of what the playstation 5 has to offer for 2023 and beyond Killzone was wonderful. I loved Killzone 2, loved Killzone 3, and Killzone Shadowfall in a lot of ways was also one of those showcases of what the PlayStation 4 could really do back when it launched in 2013, if my memory serves me correctly. Uh, But Guerrilla is such a talented team of people and I just wanted to, number one, congratulate them on 20 years, but also buried towards the bottom of this blog, we've got some very good stats. As of April 16th, 2023, the Horizon franchise has sold through more than 32.7 million units worldwide, of which Horizon Forbidden West has sold through over 8.4 million units. Millions more around the world have discovered Horizon thanks to PlayStation subscription services and initiatives, including PlayStation Plus and Play at Home. All told, it's a milestone we never imagined possible 20 years ago when we first started making games. That stuff is awesome. Love these stats. And again, more people playing more games that are bringing that quality to the next level. That's what I love to see, and that's what Gorilla is bringing. So looking forward to what the next 20 years has in store, but, you know, let's not minimize the celebration here. I mean, 20 years of Gorilla games. That is absolutely phenomenal with, again, many more to come. But to round out today's show, officially, the Xbox May update is rolling out. We talked last week about how there is a new dashboard that's coming, and the Alpha Skip Ahead users are able to pick that up now. That should be rolling out, I would imagine, in the weeks ahead. But we also have the May update that is out now, where you can view Xbox gamer tags of your Discord friends when you're playing. By the way, if you haven't tried the Discord integrations, I would assume it's the same on PS5 at this point, uh, but the Discord integrations on Xbox... Seamless, so fun to make calls, such a great way to connect with people especially those that are playing on pc this is the best way to do that from your console so great to see this the xbox gamer tags getting added is certainly going to make uh, identifying people much simpler but on top of that we've got new sort and filter options in the microsoft store and on xbox.com an xbox wireless controller firmware update that squashes a couple of bugs and xbox game pass quest are now easier to find on the new rewards tab which i've heard some fantastic things about and of course if you have feedback. You can also give your feedback on the official Xbox support site with more info, but they continue to iterate on the experience, the UI as well that Xbox users are playing with. And I personally don't have a huge problem with the Xbox dashboard or the experience as it is today, but continuing to tweak and find new things to make my experience better without me having to call them out is something that Xbox is really good at. Now, of course, we just got to get more games that I'm ready to jump on my Xbox and play. It was a cheap shot, but we had to do it. So the Xbox May update is rolling out. Now, dive on, boot that system up, and you're probably going to have a new firmware update ready and waiting for you before you dive into, I don't know, maybe Redfall, maybe some Minecraft Legends, potentially maybe getting back to a way out, one of the best games from 2022, calling that one out once again. Uh, But no matter where you are playing or what you're doing, Xbox is trying to make it a very fun time for you. So I hope you enjoy. But that rounds out this week's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed today's show and you're new here, be sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And of course, welcome to everybody who is new. We have had tons of growth on the channel in 2023, with only more to come. Very exciting times, plenty of content on the way. And as always, I'm just excited to have some good conversations with you all. So thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of the ride. And until next time, you guys have a fantastic week. And as always, keep on playing.